Hey listeners, and welcome back to the Absolutely ADHD podcast. I'm your host, Alana, ADHD life coach and social worker. I learned how to manage my ADHD, and now I help others do the same through one-on-one coaching, my courses, content on Instagram, and through this podcast. Sam and I started this podcast to help others understand their ADHD brain and not feel so alone. ADHDers are some of the most brilliant, creative, and passionate people. We just have to work through things a little bit differently than others. And I think that there's so many strategies to share and ways that we can do that. You can find the podcast on Instagram at absolutely.adhd. And you can find my content at Coaching by Alana. If you're enjoying the podcast, we would love if you could subscribe, write a review so that we can share this with more ADHDers. As always, thank you guys for being here and we hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Absolutely ADHD podcast. I'm joined by the one and only, the amazing ADHD advocate, podcaster, content creator, Katie. I'm so happy to have you here. Gosh, I'm I'm so happy to be here. I feel like every time I'm on a podcast, I have like a new title that is added. And it's so cool to hear all the different things like, oh, yeah, I'm doing that right now. Like, that's cool. (laughs) You're doing exciting things, though. Yeah, no, I I am. I'm I'm doing a lot of fun, exciting things. I'm I'm so excited to be on this podcast. Um, it's been way too long since we last talked. I feel like I was starting to be like, okay, I need to set up a Zoom call with her and just like set up and chat. So I might treat this like just a chill chat session. That's perfect. That's exactly what I was hoping for. But yeah, guys, I have to tell you. So Katie's so loyal. Like she had me on her podcast. A, a long time ago, right? Like, I feel like it was a while ago. Almost a year ago, probably. That um, is wild. Yeah. I was so nervous. This was like, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she wants me to be on like her podcast. I was so honored. And um, we ended up having to record it this whole episode completely twice because I just was not talking about the things I wanted to talk about. We ended up just chatting about something completely different. It just was completely like, I just was so grateful for how understanding you were. And like, you didn't put any pressure on me. And I knew it was probably a painful experience for you to be like, to watch me trying to like talk and just be so nervous. So thank you. I just had to tell you guys that. Oh my gosh, that's so funny because I think, so I was like really new at podcasting and I was, I think it was one of those situations where like, you shouldn't be afraid of the spider, like it's more afraid of you. Like at that moment, I was like so nervous recording too. So to me, I think we just treated it just like a chat session and just talked and what I think, I don't think it was all of you. I think we just connected and like just kept talking and then like an hour rolled by and I'm like, oh my gosh. I I was a terrible host because I don't think I even asked you the questions I was planning on asking you. We just, we just really clicked and talked. And so, yeah, it ended up being like a two hour conversation, I think. And then I was like, I think I had to like shamelessly DM you and be like, so, um, maybe we could like record again, or maybe I was like, the audio was bad or maybe I made some excuse. I can't remember, but I was like, Hey, would you be open to recording again? And you were so like, open about it and you're like yeah no totally and that was really cool because I think I was really nervous about asking like somebody like hey I totally messed up we talked the whole time and I didn't get any of the information I needed so like are you open to doing this because I totally didn't, don't want to waste anyone's time and so no I totally appreciate it and then here I'm just like repaying you back because I'm gonna do the same thing on this podcast no it's, it's perfect and I was so relieved too because I was like 
did I even say anything of substance in that whole like two hour conversation? But you know, it was good. And I think also it, it shows our journey in all this and just, you know, how some of this stuff does get easier over time and less scary. And um, it's also just such a accepting, understanding community who clearly gets us. Like we all have ADHD here. We're all, you know, sometimes struggling to either articulate our word, what we're thinking or to stay on track. So there's really like no judgment, which is so nice about this community. Yeah, I don't think a neurotypical would make it through my podcast. They'd be like, she's changed the subject four times. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best though, because like, I know that all the, like all of our listeners for both of our podcasts can follow along, like no problem, like just with all the different, you know, conversation changes. Like it's, it's the only way. We get it. They, like, they feel like, I guess, like immersed in the process. Cause it's kind of one of those moments where it feels like you're just like listening to your friends talking and you know, there's that comforting, like shameless feeling of just like feeling accepted. And I think that's what I love about ADHD podcasts. Cause it just kind of feels like I'm just a fly on the wall, like listening to my friends talk. And I think, I think that's something we all kind of like miss and, you know, need that acceptance and that like kind of feeling of belonging is always like pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Um, do you mind sharing like a little bit about your story and how you kind of got into what you're doing now? Whew. It's like, buckle up, folks. <laughs> it's no, like, totally. where do I start? You know, like, um, 2020, I was in college and I bought a house and we were remodeling a home. and another really busy time in my life. And I I think I, you know, like everybody else, I, I kind of found comfort in my devices <laughs> and um, downloaded TikTok. Finally, I was super late to the party with TikTok. And it's kind of funny how uh, people think I'm an expert or something, but I, I really, I didn't know what I was doing. I made a TikTok to, I was in art school or I was in school trying to be a graphic designer and I started sharing kind of like my art on there that wasn't really hitting off. I kind of, you know, like most people, I had like a ton of hobbies and small businesses I was trying to pursue and, and was sharing kind of my, my journey on TikTok on there. And I think at some point, you know, something about ADHD came up and, you know, I, I still, it's kind of sucks. I wish I had better memory because I wish I could be like, it was this content creator. Or it was this video that really changed my life. But I think like the first week that I saw any content about ADHD, you know, that stigma was so thick with me and I didn't know enough about it that I might've been in like denial and like, kind of like, huh, that's interesting. You know, the first couple you see, you're like, huh, that's kind of, but I don't, I don't have ADHD. You know, I, I would know if I had ADHD and it's kind of that process of like that denial that maybe is it this? Oh, no, maybe it could be this. And then at one point, I think I just was like, maybe I'll take a free online quiz. You know, what, what could it hurt? And like, yeah. I've always been called like a hypochondriac. I think we kind of like related to that feeling of like, knowing that something was different and odd, and certain things were more challenging for you, but you couldn't really put your finger on it. And, you know, you've kind of lived this life of like trying to find answers, but then people just tell you, oh, you're normal or whatever. And you're fine. You're fine. It's like they pick at all your flaws and point out all the things that make you different where you know you're different. But then when you tell them you're different, they like gaslight you. <laughs> They're like, you're fine. It's like you've, you've been telling me that I never turn in my homework for my entire life and I talk too much and I can't sit still. But then when I tell <laughs> you I have ADHD, you're like, no, you're fine. And so I guess that's kind of what happened is I, I did that. I made 
I started, I went down a rabbit hole. I took a free test online and I, I want to say that it was like a hundred percent ADHD. Like it was like, whoa, you have ADHD extreme. And so I started taking like, I don't know, I took like every free online test there was for ADHD. And I was like, okay, so how am I going to bring this up? How do I get diagnosed? Uh, Do I want to get diagnosed? Do I want to talk to my doctor about this? Because I, like I said, I was in college, I was taking like 16 credits at the time in college, which is unheard of for somebody who's an art major. And so I, I was taking way too many credits. I was super overwhelmed. My doctor had just diagnosed me with anxiety. And so I wasn't on anything or doing anything. I was just seeing a therapist and I felt like anxiety fit me. I was like, yeah, yeah, I definitely have anxiety. But then when I heard about ADHD, I was just like, this feels like the missing piece of the puzzle that I didn't know was there. And so I started kind of like, I don't know, I kind of worked backwards and started thinking about how I was in my childhood and some of those like early signs of ADHD and then just like day-to-day things. So I took the DSM um, list of symptoms of ADHD or traits of ADHD and I made a list of all the things in my life that connected to that. Then I went down another rabbit hole and I'm Googling, you know, all the things that I do, insomnia and ADHD, you know, um, Mm -hmm. eating disorders and ADHD and all the things that kind of like impacted my life that were really big red flags, but just like I was successful enough to get by. And even though it was really hard, I think on the outside, people didn't really like see that in me. I don't think they saw like the struggles that I went through and everything. And like, um, so I took a, I, I made a binder with like quotes from report cards and examples in my life. And I brought it to my doctor and she was just like, okay, you know, she was cool. She's, um, she's like, I don't know, 40. That's not necessary to the story. I don't know why I said that. But <laughs> um, she, she, she knew that I was like kind of going on this journey of like really trying to find answers. And so um, she was really receptive. And I think that's really important because I was super nervous and I bring, I bring her the binder. And I think at that point, like she didn't even need to open the binder. She just looked at this thick binder of examples that I had taken the time to meticulously point out, highlight, give, you know, stories from my life about examples, like real things. And she was like, and they're like, you know, articles and stuff like that. And actual examples. And because I just assumed that she would know about ADHD, but I felt like I really had to bring something in there that was like tangible. And also for me, I I get distracted, I get lost in sentences. And I was worried that I would walk out and be like, Oh, I forgot to tell them this. And so it was a really like very organized for for me way of kind of giving it to her. And at least like I had that validation of feeling like, you know what, I did this, I know. So even though if she didn't say I had ADHD, that probably would have crushed me. I still in my heart kind of felt like, no, this was the right thing. This is the thing that I've been looking for and what and kind of like longing for that sense of like something makes sense. You know, there nothing really does make sense. I've made things try to fit, but they didn't really actually fit. And so she diagnosed me with ADHD at 29. And um, had me sent to a psychiatrist and they did a bunch of little like questionnaire on me and kind of asked me about my family history and they officially also diagnosed me and then I tried um, some medication and it didn't really work for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, everybody's so different. And then I, oh, and then TikTok, you know, so then I, 
this is where I'm, I should make like a, a timeline, you know? Um, but, and so then, you know, and at the same time, TikTok stuff is still going on. And I'm like, I don't know. I had like 40 followers, like not very many followers. They were just there, just hanging out, watching me do art and in my garden and doing stuff like that. Cause I was really trying to like become like Betty Crocker and homemaker um, <laughs> at that time. And so I just started like thinking, okay, well, how am I going to tell my friends? How am I going to tell my family? And it seemed like at the time, TikTok was such a big community for ADHDers. And there was so much like awareness being spread on there and advocacy. To me, TikTok was the safest place I could talk about ADHD. And mm-hmm. so I did. And I, I made a video and put it out there. And I don't know, I right now it's probably at 8 million views. It, it's crazy. Wow. I would have never, ever expected that it would blow up the way it blew up. And it, it completely changed. It completely changed my life. It And then that sounds so silly to say, but it, but it is true. I did. I, I found people there who I connected with and understood. And I was making content, which sounds so silly, but there's something about making content that is kind of like healing in a way. Like, it was really validating for me to make these videos about my experience with ADHD and my whole life hearing like, oh, that's super weird that you do it that way. Or like, why don't you just do it this way? And feeling like, yeah, it was different. And there's nobody else out there that really would understand me. And it was like, no, there's there's 8 million people out there that understood me and have stuck by me and been supportive and funny. And I don't know, it's, it's, it's been really cool. And then um, now... I am, I don't know what you call it. I, I, I'm, what am I? I guess I'm an advocate. I, I'm a huge advocate in this community. And just, I mean, I started seeing your content along like a while ago, like right kind of before I started posting about it too. And I always knew about my ADHD, but I wasn't putting the pieces together. I didn't know that it had to do, you know, it was pretty typical. I think a lot of us are just like, oh, it it impacts maybe attention, right? That's it. And then like you said something when you were explaining it that really stuck out to me, which is like the missing puzzle piece. And I, that's just so on point for, I think a lot of people, because there was just always something that felt different and I couldn't, I just couldn't pinpoint it. I didn't understand why certain things were more difficult. And then you find these things, these communities online, and it's just like, oh my gosh, this all makes so much sense. And all these little things. And I remember one of my first videos I saw of you, it was, um, it was about just a bunch of different hobbies. And I had just finished like getting my cycling instructor certification for no reason. I had started like a food Instagram page, like all these things, like all these hobbies. And I just, in that one video, I was like, I feel so seen right now. And yeah, it's just, it's amazing. So all of that to say, I mean, I think you're doing so much and I know you have some different programs for ADHDers too. And so, yeah, you're, you're doing a lot of like really amazing work. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, it's, it's not something I ever thought I would do. And you know, it, it, it is the same thing of like that missing puzzle piece and all the hobbies and like feeling that like validation. Um, it's never something I, I ever thought I would do, but I think I have that kind of thing that a lot of ADHDers have where you see someone who's struggling and you want to like help them and talk about it. And you don't want to like 
leave that kid sitting by themselves at lunch. And so I felt like that was kind of me is like, you know, we talk about the lost girls or, you know, the people who get diagnosed later in life. And it is kind of cool to, to feel that and like find that missing puzzle piece, even if it was online or even if it was people like making these connections that we're making right now, having these conversations, going on podcasts and advocating for others, I think has given me like a completely different purpose than I ever thought I would have. Like I knew, I always thought like, oh, if I could do this, I would love to just talk. And I think that's been, I'm really good at talking, (laughs) you know, and I'm really good at being honest about the shitty stuff and like what's really hard. And like, I think that one of the best things about our community is we know like what sucks, but we also can like laugh about it and bring each other up and go like, hey, I tried this. Maybe you should try this. Or, you know, just that feeling of like, dude, I totally get that. That that's to me like who knew what that was like because I I never did I was always the funny quirky bubbly friend who had twenty different hobbies and and couldn't yeah. really decide my my true purpose because it was kind of like I'd I'd stay at something for a couple years um, if I was lucky I'd stay at you know at something for a couple years most of the time I'd stick with something three months tops and mm-hmm. so this has been really interesting it's been a whole. I'm 31 now, I was diagnosed at 29, and um, my my whole life has changed, and, you know, I am really fortunate to to be a part of the ADHD community, and um, really fortunate for everybody else who's, like, come together and told their stories, too. I think that's been really, really empowering for me as well, because it's really, it's not always easy to come out and tell somebody what you're struggling with, or, you know, especially things like friendship, or um just like things that have probably made you feel like you're not the best human even the little things even the fixable things I think we take a lot more it cuts deeper right (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah definitely and so many of the things like you mentioned too just I think in general like women with ADHD we know now like it's not the way that we previously understood ADHD was more about how it looked in in the, you know, hyperactive young boy and that's it. And if you were maybe as successful in school or if you, you know, there was this picture of what it was. And I think this is the reason that, of course, I mean, uh, we know this is the reason that a lot of women and young girls, it was just kind of um, misunderstood or not acknowledged, or it was just said people were like okay it's just anxiety and that's it right um because a lot of that stuff we're struggling with is internal and we maybe are better at hiding things a little bit more or struggling without telling people but i think that's just like such a huge reason why this community is so important because it is hard to share this stuff and it is it's not easy and just there's so much value in hearing other people's experiences and just like not feeling alone when we've always kind of like felt, you know, a little bit different. Yeah. Well, and it's the same thing I was kind of talking about earlier. It's like that, that gaslighting of your entire life. You know that you've struggled with certain things and other people have seen those things, like the things that you either struggle with at school or work, you know, you, you understand what's hard and they just think it's, you know, just kind of something silly or whatever. And then when you bring it up and say like, no, these are actually big things that have impacted my life. They've impacted my self-esteem. They've impacted my relationships, my work, you know, everything that kind of makes life simple. ADHD has made it in a way 
more challenging, you know? And I know that there's a lot of people out there that go, oh, ADHD is my superpower. And I think that's such a great way to look at it for some people. But like, it's also important to acknowledge that there are people out there that really struggle with ADHD. Yeah. And like, um, there are, is that, that's that internal struggle because the other people on the outside never know what you're going through, right? We, right. we can empathize. And, but like sweeping it under the rug or telling people that they're superheroes because they have ADHD, I don't know if that's always the most helpful thing for certain people. I think that it's okay to be like, yeah, it's hard, but this is how we're going to do it and we're going to do it together. And, you know, we've all heard that. I think it's kind of scary to kind of come out to the world and say that you have ADHD because you don't know what kind of reaction you're going to get. You don't know if they're going to be like, no, you don't. Which that, that that's just a simple thing for people to say, but they don't understand how hard it is to already come to terms with the fact that you have ADHD. There's a lot of different phases and there's, it takes time to really bring, I think, come to acceptance for a lot of people. And so if you hear that statement, you know, you don't have ADHD, I would have known, or I would have seen the signs or whatever. It's like, that could really be really harmful to certain people who are already struggling to find belonging and for the first time they finally find it and then we're we're saying no you don't you're fine it's like I've I've struggled to hold a job I've struggled to have healthy relationships I don't have a good relationship with my body or food or friendships and you know all these things and you boil down to it it does make a huge impact on your life and it's 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 not okay for people to say that you know you don't because it might not show because we do like we still go to school we still take 16 credits and work our butt off and Mm -hmm. you know there there are so many really good strengths in there that make us creative and funny and empathetic and we're such fast learners in certain ways and so I think people kind of do look at us like superheroes sometimes like wow how do they do that and sometimes I'm like I I don't know (laughs) (laughs) I, I don't know how I do it um I've, I don't know. Yeah. And I think a huge part of it is like meeting people or recognizing that everyone's in a different phase of their journey and like Mm -hmm. no one should be telling anyone else where in that journey they should be, um, how we feel about it. Like we're allowed to feel that way. And it's so difficult with just, I mean, the stigma of mental health in general, because there is a lot of the invalidating and the, you know, gaslighting and made to feel like, we're just trying to, you know, I, I don't like talking about, um, I don't like talking about trolls on the internet very much. <laughs> like I, I do think it's relevant to the conversation. Yeah. Like I had a comment today that was just saying, you know, um, what did it say? It said, don't, don't make your whole life about this one thing. And it, what, what's so frustrating for me about that is I'm like, okay, so sitting here and and discussing strategies and learning about how our brain works and learning about ADHD, that's me making it all about an issue. Like, how is that? You know, it's so invalidating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kind of of that thing of like, well, what part of my life does ADHD not impact? I think that that is a huge thing too. And, you know, I'm always going to encourage people to never feed the trolls Even when you want to so bad, even if you really want to just throw them a freaking bone, don't feed the trolls, you know, let them fight it out with each other. Let them push your content because, you know, comments are good. And (laughs) you know what? It sucks. It sucks to get those comments. And especially for somebody who's just newly diagnosed 
And even like there are people in my comments that are so sweet and kind and maybe they're at one part of their journey and then they read a comment on one of my videos and that can impact their journey and that can impact how they feel. And so sometimes, you know, if it's really bad, I delete it. If it's just silly and it's just, I don't know, sometimes it really depends on my mood. So, but you know what? I say that, but sometimes I'll read a comment <laughs> and I, I, gosh, I want to repost them so bad. I want to screenshot <laughs> them and send them to every boss mom we have, <laughs> you know, just been like, just to let you know, your 65 year old son, Jeremy thinks that I'm the R word. Like I just like, it's just, yeah. I just can't, it's, it just really depends. And sometimes there, there are parts of me that really want to do that kind of stuff. But you know what, what I will say about the trolls is that, which they're not listening, but this is for all the trolls. <laughs> if you are on their For You page, there is a reason, right? In my opinion. I think that there are sometimes I get some things that are kind of wacko on my For You page and I'm like, why did I get that? That's so random. But most of the time, it doesn't lie. The For You page doesn't lie. And so I, this is one thing I've realized is I've had somebody comment on my videos multiple different times. I didn't block them. I didn't delete them. And I just kind of waited. Just kind of, just, just waited. Because they were comments like, everybody does that. Me and my mom are just like that. This is not ADHD. Everybody in my family is like that. And then, you know, eventually I'm like, huh, yeah. okay. And then, you know, about two weeks later I get a DM. They're like, you know what? I am so sorry. I was just diagnosed with ADHD or they they just start liking my videos and commenting like this is so funny and I'm like see you know what I, I it, sometimes you got to wait them out because you never know there might be a reason that you are on their for you page there might be a way to kind of help them on their journey and so it's one of those things where I might you know not everybody likes me but eventually I start to grow on people and I just kind of hope that with the trolls I guess is that you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll grow on them. And, you know, sometimes the people who need me the most are the trolls. And also it's funny because it's like, you, I don't know if they, a lot of times they don't realize, like if you're commenting on all these ADHD pages saying it's not a thing, like the algorithm's going to feed you more of it. So just like stop, you know, but yeah, like you said this, this too, like I'm so, well, you didn't say this, but like, I'm okay with the comments. Like I'm fine reading them. I'm so defensive of my, of this community. And it's the same thing. I don't know. I don't want someone else to see that and to feel like it's not a safe space or it's, or that we're, you know, making it all like about, uh, or just, it's so ridiculous, you know, but I guess there's always going to be some of that, you know, on the internet. But anyways, um, I do want to ask you, so, you know, in your journey, and you can also think about this if you need a second, but what are some things that have just kind of like helped you and just supporting your mental health and just, you know, working towards that acceptance? What do you think has kind of played a role in some of that for you? You know, you said it, acceptance, I think is, has really helped me because I think even when you get diagnosed, you don't, you don't really know how to accommodate yourself or how to treat yourself. Because most of your life when you do something wrong, instead of trying to do it differently or, or use tools to help you, you might be hard on yourself. And you might be like, oh, this is so frustrating. I forgot to take out the trash or I forgot to pay this bill. And, you know, I think that that's kind of how I've looked at my life most of my life is like looking down on myself because all the comments I've heard my entire life, all the little things, you know, comments my parents have made or things or partners bringing up things I've forgotten or done wrong or impulsively did or, you know, all those little things. 
all, all those voices and all those things I still hear every time I make a mistake, you know, we all do. And so I think that acceptance for me has really been a big thing. And it's, it's kind of silly advice, but I think that this could be helpful for anybody who's even been diagnosed for years is just pretend you have ADHD. So, and I know that sounds weird. You're like, wait, what does that mean? And I would say, pretend you have ADHD. So today when you forgot to pay a bill, you know, what would you do for somebody who thought they had ADHD or had ADHD who forgot to pay a bill? You'd probably try to find some tools to support them. You'd probably be really kind to them. You'd probably be really understanding and try to help them through the process. Why don't you yeah. pretend that you have ADHD and and do those things for yourself? And I think that that has like been really helpful to me because I think that those little things, you know, some things we, we've done our whole lives and we've, we've been adaptable to them or we don't even notice we're doing them. But some of the things can be really hurt, hard and harmful and, and hurtful. And so I think for me, it's just being patient with my understanding, giving myself the same patience and understanding I would give to anybody else who has ADHD. So because when somebody has a disability, we're not hard on them when they make a mistake. We're not hard on them when that disability impacts what they're doing. We don't do that. We find ways to accommodate them. And I forgot that I also have ADHD and I deserve accommodations. I deserve that same level of empathy and understanding, right? So I think, I think, I don't know. I think that's really helped me. I'm not saying I use it every day, but I actually have to remind myself, Katie, you have ADHD. People with ADHD suck at this thing and you've always sucked at this. So let's try to solve it. Let's try to figure out a, a, a tool well, you know, let's try this, you know, let's try this. And if that doesn't work, try that. And if that only works for three weeks, hey, it worked for three weeks, we'll figure out a new tool that works. And totally. I, I guess I would encourage everyone, you know, just just pretend. <laughs> no, it's so important because we do hear those messages or those things that people have said our whole lives, like you said, on repeat. Like we, we kind of start to believe them too. It's like, oh, I'm just like... I'm always going to struggle with it, like all these things. And it makes us so critical of ourselves too. And then we're talking to ourselves in a way that like, isn't even fair and we don't deserve that. Right. Like it's not, you know, showing ourselves, like it's not self-love or anything like that. And I think also with the imposter syndrome too, on top of all this, we are doubting, well, are my challenges even significant enough? Like, and that is so, I, that's just like, I work with clients on this all the time and I don't even think we realize that we do it, you know? Yeah. It's, you know, like the things it's that other people talk, the things that people say when they're talking to you are the same things that you are going to hear when you talk to yourself. And I think that's really important is to, to try to remember that and try to change that narrative and try to, when you hear yourself saying something that somebody said about you, try to change the narrative and make a change, which is, is not easy, especially like most of us have heard our whole lives. And especially for people who are just newly diagnosed, I think we still struggle with that because we don't necessarily know the tools we need or, or have the support or have the understanding or, you know, the people around you who really do want to support you. We have to be our own advocates. We have to be our own problem solvers. And there's a huge community out there of people that will help you but I think that the hardest thing for a lot of ADHD years is asking for help and, and, you know, looking, looking for help, you know, asking for help, basically. 
Yeah. And the things that the support that we need, like that's going to change over time. And at one stage, it's going to look different than at another stage. And like, I think this is also something I try and highlight, like it's an ongoing thing, you know, like we're constantly going to be learning how to do this, how to accept ourselves with these different struggles and how to like move forward a little bit in a way that's like a little bit nicer than to ourselves than we have the day before, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, it's not like, it's so, I think a lot of us too are like very, like we want to have an answer. We want to have like that one thing, like that makes everything make sense or like that one solution. I know like, I mean, how often like, do we feel like whether it's anxiety or just overwhelmed and it's like, well, why am I so anxious? And like, that's so common and like wanting to know like why. And I think we just have to also recognize that it's probably a combination of multiple things and those things change and we just have to be open to like letting ourselves work through it at different times based on what we need and what we have the capacity to deal with. Like it's going to change. Yeah. We're, we're not, you know, we're not normal, right? So it's okay to do things abnormally. It's okay to do things differently for whatever phase you're in or whatever is working for you right now, because obviously the tools that we've tried to use in the past to just like, you know, neurotypicals use aren't working for us, right? And so we can't, we can't solve neurodivergent problems with neurotypical solutions, they just don't work. So we have to be open to that. And that's why I always say if something works for you for three weeks, like it worked for you for three weeks, like, you know, it's okay to go, okay, that worked. And now, instead of forcing yourself to keep trying to make it work and failing or burning out, you know, like, give yourself a chance to to try something new. Plus, I like to try new things all the time. And it can get frustrating when you know, you can't find something that sticks. But knowing that you can't find something that, that sticks, knowing that it's challenging for you to find something that sticks, and it's better to work with your brain than against it might make it a little easier. It, a little. Totally. And to add on to that too, like the novelty, like when things are novel and new, is novel a word? Yeah. Like I yeah. know that novelty is. Okay. I just yes. realized I didn't. Know I don't. That. Yes, I'm gonna go with yes. <laughs> well, I know that a motivator for people with ADHD is like novelty of things, right? Like when something's new, and so, it yeah, like you said it best. It's just a lot of like if something isn't working as much as it was. There's no need. And I'm not saying it's just a quick, easy fix to just like accept ourselves and to be fine with it. But yes, it's tempting to be like, well, why? Like this thing was working. I don't understand why it's not working now. It's just how our brains work and it's okay. And like, we'll find something, we'll find something else that works and we do have to change things up. And so, yeah, I just, that's really valuable advice. Just that, you know, that's just, just how we can work with our brains, you know, instead of like working against it. Um, but yeah, okay, wait, this has been so great. Thank you so much for chatting. I feel like I know my listeners, I know that we're going to, they're going to love this episode. I feel like it was so good. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Will you tell everyone where they can find you? Yeah. Um, I, you can find me on Instagram and you can find me on TikTok. So on Instagram, I'm katie.adhd and then on TikTok, it's Katie Suhu. So Katie Sue and then H-U-E on TikTok. I'm also a co-founder of a community called ADHD Social. And so you can find me on there too. Um, 
and we can co-work together and there's some really good resources on there. We have coaches on there. Um, we're doing a book club for people with ADHD. It's called the Not Your Typical Book Club <laughs> and I'm doing it with um, Trina Haynes. And so I'm really excited about the book club and yeah, find me on there. Let's be friends. Um, we can, you know, share the troll comments and <laughs> and talk about, you know, our three-day-old laundry that I, I actually do need to rotate laundry up. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, you guys should um, definitely check Katie out. Her content is amazing. I love everything you post is just, I mean, it's so entertaining and just validating and I love it all. So I really appreciate you taking the time and joining us. And it's been an honor having you on here. Thank you. It's been an honor being on here. Okay. Thank you so much, Katie. And thank you guys for listening. And I hope you guys have an awesome rest of your week. Bye. Bye guys. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Absolutely ADHD podcast. You can find us on Instagram at absolutely.adhd. And don't forget to give us a like, subscribe, give us a rating so that we can help share this podcast with more amazing ADHDers. Thank you guys so much. And we'll talk to you next week.